You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. and said, it's true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and I took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. But it was too late. Now he's caught. And he and his whole family were literally destroyed because he would not own up to his sin. All of us sin. It's a part of being human. Even once you've accepted salvation through Christ, you'll still find yourself falling into sin, even on a daily basis. As Pastor Danny explains in today's message, you'll see this demonstrated all throughout Scripture. Even the most respected characters you'll read about fell prey to their flesh. The thing that distinguished the righteous from the unrighteous wasn't their ability to avoid sin, but their readiness to humble themselves and ask God for forgiveness and help. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 1 with today's edition of The Living Word. People died and Joshua's down on his face before the Lord. Lord, what in the world's going on? And God says, get up, get up. Not a time to pray, time for action. Verse 11, chapter 7, Israel has sinned. They violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They've taken some of the devoted things. They've stolen. They've lied. They've put them with their possessions. Now, the chapter opens telling us who did it was Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. And if you read it carefully, you'll understand that his, his whole family was a part of it. They took some of the devoted things, hid them. He hid them in his tent. But he thinks he's gotten away with it. He thinks nobody knows. God knows. So verse 13, chapter 7, go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. That which is devoted is among you, O Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. And God tells Joshua, you have them next morning stand together with their clan, with their tribe, with their family. Now, you got a whole, basically a day now. And you wonder what Achan is thinking. You wonder what his family is thinking. And what he should have done, what he should have done is he should have gone to Joshua and said, I'm the one. It's me. It's my family. I've sinned. And I think if he would have done that, God would have done exactly what he talks about in 1 John and other scriptures as well. He would have forgiven him. He'd have been restored. But he doesn't come forward. He doesn't come forward. He, he spins that wheel and plays Russian roulette with his own soul and with his family. Verse 16, early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward tribe by tribes and Judah was taken. You wonder if Achan's getting nervous. The clans of Judah came forward and he took the Zerahites. He had the clan of the Zerahites come forward by families and Zimri was taken. By this time, if I'm Achan, I'm shaking. Joshua had his family come forward man by man. And Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. And Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to God. That means in that culture, give glory to God. Own up. Come clean. Because you're caught. You're caught, dude. Tell me what you've done. And Achan said, it's true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and I took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. But it was too late. Now he's caught. 
And he and his whole family were literally destroyed because he would not own up to his sin. If you keep going to the right, past 2 Samuel, stop at 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, the Arameans are raiding Israel, and one band actually captured this Israeli girl, brought her back, and she becomes the slave, basically, of a man named Naaman. Naaman uh, is a mighty warrior in the Aramean army, and he's, he's well-known. He's got a reputation as a mighty warrior, but he's got leprosy. Well, this Israeli girl uh, says to her master, his wife, Naaman's wife, uh, if your servant would just go to Israel, the prophet in Israel is there, and God, God can heal him of his leprosy. So he goes and gets permission. He takes with him some money, thinking he's got to pay the prophet to be healed. Uh, and he goes to Elisha's house. When he gets to Elisha's house, Elisha is led by the Lord not even to come out and meet him. Because one of the issues he has is pride. And if he's going to really receive from the Lord, there's going to need to be some humility. And uh, he gets all in a huff because Elisha won't come out and meet him. And he goes off in a huff like, you know, I'm a great man. The guy won't even come out and talk to me. And his servants finally are brave enough, some of his men... Uh, say, well, if he'd have told you something really difficult to do, wouldn't you have done it? And he said, well, of course I would. I'm a mighty warrior. I mean, that's what he's thinking. And they said, well, he told you something pretty simple. And here's what God told Elisha to tell him to do. Go down to the Jordan, dip seven times. And after the seventh time, you'll be cleansed. And basically his men say, why don't you give it a shot? And he goes down to the Jordan, and the seventh dip, he is he is totally cleansed of his leprosy. He goes back to Elisha. He's so thankful. He wants to pay Elisha. Elisha won't take the money. Pick it up with me. If you're there, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, probably the guy that went out and talked to him the first time, said, God says, go down, dip seven times in the Jordan. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, my master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean, by not accepting from him what he brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I'll run after him and get something from him. Now let me summarize what happens for the sake of time. He goes after him, catches up with him. Naaman sees him, uh, gets off his, his ride and says, hey, everything okay? Oh, everything's fine. But right after you left, some young men from the school of the prophets showed up. Young Christian college students. You got anything you could help them out with? And Naaman's, of course, very anxious. He went, where? He went, of course, here. And he gives them all this stuff for what's supposedly for the, the, the young guys in the school of the prophets. Well, Gehazi's lying. He takes that stuff. He goes back to his house. He hides it in his house. And then he goes back to Elisha. Verse 25, he went in and stood before his master, Elisha. And Elisha said, where have you been, Gehazi? Gehazi said, your servant didn't go anywhere. Elisha said, verse 26, was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to take money or accept clothes, olive groves, vineyards, flocks, herds, or men servants and maidservants? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. And Gehazi went out from Elisha's presence and he was leprous as whitey snow. And he passed that leprosy on to his relatives, his descendants. All because he wouldn't own up when he was confronted. All because he tried to just keep it hidden. If you back up to 2 Samuel, chapter 11, I think all of us probably know this story. He's the most beloved king still today in all of Israel's history, King David. He's a man that God himself recorded in our Bible as a man after God's own heart. You can't get a better statement made about you than that. 
And yet chapter 11 of 2 Samuel opens this way. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent joy about with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Big mistake. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Uriah the Hittite is one of David's mighty men. He's out in the battle, where David should have been. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he, spent, he slept with her, and then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I'm pregnant. A real-life real life soap opera with a man after God's own heart who failed greatly. He sends for Uriah the Hittite, gives him a leave of absence from the battle, brings him to his palace, serves him a meal, serves him some fermented beverage, and then thinks he's going to go home and be with his wife. But this guy's got more integrity than David at this point in his life. And he's like, my fellow compatriots are out on the battlefield. They're not getting to go home with their spouse. I'm not going home to be with mine. He slept outside the palace. David was told the next day. So the next night, David invited him again. This time, he feeds him a great meal, and he forces him basically, have another drink. Have another. And what are you going to say? He's the king. No, I insist. Come on. Come on. Have another drink. And he gets him drunk. He gets him drunk. And he thinks, surely he'll go home and be with his wife. But again, he goes and he sleeps outside the palace. And the next day, David is told. So David now has to deepen the plot. You talk about evil. You talk about wicked plotting. Now he sends a message to his general, Joab. And he sends Uriah back to the field and the, the fighting. And he says to General Joab, put Uriah on the front lines. When the battle gets the, the, the most heated, the fiercest, then pull back the men, but leave Uriah. And just as if David took the enemy's sword himself, he murdered Uriah the Hittite. And you know why he murdered him. Not only did he want to hide this one-night stand and this child that was his, he wanted Uriah's wife for himself. And he gave her time to mourn, and then he brought her to the palace, and she became his wife. And the chapter ends this way. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. You read about David's life. I don't know how long it went on in keeping this thing covered up. Nathan the prophet finally confronted him. Thank God when he was confronted, he'd owned up to it. And God was gracious and merciful. He didn't end up like Achan, even though under the law, that's what should have happened. But he said, the Lord said, the sword will never depart from your house. And he had family problems for the rest of his life. We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. Pastor Danny will continue his study in 1 John next time, so we hope you'll join us again. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the gospel of salvation with the world. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of The Living Word? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. Please pray also for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the living word? 
This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from God's truth. That does incur some costs, however. So if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thanks for praying about this. That website once more is ccfstpete.church. Thanks for being a part of our time here today on The Living Word.